1: Hi there, I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollimore, you are a big fucking jackass. You are an anti-American, sick son-of-a-bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead.
2: Bailing to drop dead since 2014. This is I Doubt it With Dollamore, episode 528. I'm your host Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, the episode producing Brittany Page.
3: So you know how the internet is filled with just filth and garbage and what? terror. You know, much no. much like Donald Trump's opinion of America. The the
2: internet is a place um, of wonder mm-hmm. and joy. And purity.
3: Yeah. Well, it's rare that you come across something on the internet that has you feeling good about yourself or the world. But I actually <laughs> I I recently came across something that that had me feeling that exact way. That is so strange.
2: Was it like Earth, Wind, and Fires website?
3: Uh no, <laughs> although that is a good place to go for the feel-good feelings, yeah. feel good times. Yeah. Um I was actually reading an article in the New York Times about podcasts. And podcasting, oh uh, yeah, because they were more podcasters. Right? I saw
2: that article. I only saw the part of the the woman that they actually interviewed. Uh huh. That they thought her and her co host thought that they were going to be just rolling <laughs> in the endorsements. They only did like six episodes, mm-hmm. and they would go into a quiet room in a, in a, in a, in a library mm-hmm. and record into her iPhone five. Yeah. So. It was like the advice podcast or something. Yeah. And neither one of them has any experience giving advice. They're not qualified or...
3: That doesn't stop people from giving advice. Yeah, anyway, Have you been on the internet? Anyway, That's what a the life there, coach there, is. There's
2: no appeal to, oh, let's listen to Sarah's podcast. Mm-hmm. She's going to give me advice. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a weird expectation.
3: Um. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about that because the article talked about um the podcast production and hosting service, Blueberry. Yeah. Yeah. And according to them, there are now somewhere around 700,000 podcasts. Wow. Think about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's that's... pretty
3: remarkable. (laughs) And between 2,000 and 3,000 new shows launch each month. 2,000 wow. to 3,000 new podcasts yeah, yeah. are launching every single I month. wonder
2: how many of those stick around, though. That's the deal.
3: Well, that's what I found interesting and what made me feel better about myself, what had me feeling above average, you see, both oh. of us, both of us, it's yeah. going to have both of us feeling real good and above average, is that between March and May of this year... Only nineteen point three percent of existing podcasts introduced a new episode. Really? And this is, of course, according to the Blueberry. Uh, Blueberry fewer.
2: Than twenty percent, less than twenty percent.
3: Yes, yes, nineteen point three percent. So that means that most, the vast majority of these podcasts, yeah, the vast majority, the seven hundred thousand plus podcasts out there, um, wah, wah, they, yeah. don't, they don't release
2: any material, no yeah. content.
3: Well, and you're talking about the woman that they interviewed for this, um this article in in the New York times it's called by the way, if you, if you would like to read it, um, have we hit peak podcast hmm. <laughs> and yeah, she basically talks about her experience of starting the show thinking that immediately there were just going to be Casper mattresses dropping from the sky <laughs> and you know, endorsement <laughs> deals coming and yeah. everyone pounding on the door to ensure that you're getting paid. Right. And yeah, well, that's you, not how it works. Well,
2: first of all, it doesn't work that way, especially if you're recording your voice into a fucking iPhone five. But you're not—you're not actually putting in the work to create a quality program. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yeah, you're passionate about that side, but also, it—it's hard—it's hard work, and it isn't going to happen immediately. And I think that the nature of the internet. Right Where we can create a Twitter account and we start getting some positive reinforcement. Yeah, it sure. almost gives us this idea that these things are easy, you know.
2: This is not <laughs> fucking. I mean, that wasn't the point of talking about this, but this is not easy.
3: But when I read that that 19.3 percent of the, those existing podcasts have put up new content between March and May of this year. Yeah, it just made me think about how long we've been going mm-hmm. and how awesome that is yeah um because it's it's rare you know it they apparently
2: the, very
1: rare there's that
3: saying that everyone has a podcast
1: yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah,
3: but yeah. you want to check and make sure if they have a podcast where they like recorded two episodes five years ago or right. if they're consistently recording and consistently well, putting
2: out I, listen i am a quality snob too like if you just put your laptop in the middle of the fucking room and have a conversation and then turn on the mic that's in your laptop I don't know if I'm going to call that a podcast. I mean, technically, if you deliver it over an RSS feed or whatever the fucking technicality of of it is, yeah, that's a podcast. But get the fuck out of here. I, you know. I just
3: want to say that you talked about being a technical snob or whatever phrase that you used right when I punched the microphone. So <laughs> <laughs> at least one of us is, you know. Well, I, listen, thank you for bringing I, I, that to the table. I, I
2: don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be a dick about it, but it just—you know—I used to—I used to give a talk once, once a once a semester at a community college about podcasting, and it's the one thing that I told told the students. I almost said kids, but they're community college, so there were a lot of adults there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, listen, if you're going to do it, it's it's work. It's not. This isn't. Do it because you love it. Don't do it because you're you think you're going to reach thousands of people
4: because
2: mm-hmm. it's one it's very rare to continue and it's even rarer even if you do continue to find an audience
3: right yeah well and that's what i think they talked about in this interview with the with the woman um, who didn't keep her podcast going because when you start, and this probably happens for a lot of people, they start and they think that the Casper mattresses are going to be yeah, coming yeah. down, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all these endorsement deals are going to be flowing in, and then they don't, and yeah. they they learn that it's really hard to distinguish yourself among the seven hundred thousand podcasts that yeah, exist, yeah. um, and and so that becomes a little demoralizing, and sure. so you stop doing it, and I understand that difficulty, right? It is hard to break out and find an audience and get people to listen to your show. We
2: are very lucky, absolutely, in that because we are not fucking special. I've talked about that before. We're, yeah, we're just a couple of knuckleheads who happen to work well together. Yes, and people tend to th- agree.
3: The people who have found us tend to agree. That's right. <laughs> the I'm, real test no, would be. I, uh, actually,
2: there's probably people who found us and didn't agree. Oh, that's and the case. Went their separate went 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 on their way.
3: Uh, that has happened <laughs> <laughs> many times. So anyway, mm-hmm.
2: uh, that's interesting. That, that those numbers are kind of shocking to me.
3: Yeah, I was surprised. If it wasn't
2: from some place reputable like Blueberry, right. I, I would. I don't know that I would agree. But yeah. they know. I mean, there are. They're major, mm-hmm. the major outlet.
3: There. Ran the so. numbers on that. Yeah, right. Doing the hard work.
2: So anyway, thank you for joining us, loyal audience that has stuck around over the course of 528 episodes that are numbered, and then another almost 75 bonus episodes. That's, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts to do once a week. <laughs> We've been going two a week for, well, over five years, five and a half years, we've been doing two episodes a week, mm-hmm. save a few. Yeah, maybe ten week, ten ten weeks of that entire span that we didn't do two episodes.
3: It is interesting to think about that because. Like you said, most podcasts do... I think most podcasts do either once a week or every other week. Yeah, that's right. And it has just been such a part of our routine of our life to do two podcasts a week. um, It would feel like slacking off to do an episode every other week. Come on, podcasts out there that do it every other week. Just
2: imagine how good the show would actually be.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How much more production we could do.
2: Right. Anyway, that's awesome. Uh, Again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Let's get to listener communication before we move forward uh, with the rest of the show, uh, talking about love it or leave it.
5: Hi, this is Carl from St. Louis. I'm calling in reference to James from episode 524, talking about uh, reparations. Um, Number one, he said that um, the soldiers who fought and bled and lost their lives or lost limbs and whatever, that they aren't asking for reparations. Um, Well, they got paid. They were looked at as human beings, at least some of them, because some of them were still slaves. Slaves fought in the Civil War on both sides. Some didn't have a choice. And even those who were fighting on the North still weren't treated on the same level as their white counterparts. So, number one, that doesn't really make sense that you bring it up to soldiers. Um, And I will also add that some of the soldiers who fought on the losing side are still having statues built up of them from the Confederacy and, you know, also he said that some Caucasian friends of his, they're all for the Democrats until they hear about reparations and then they go for Trump. I I feel like if reparations is making you lean towards Trump, then you were always with Trump. Um, this is just the excuse that you're using because reparations feel so wrong that whatever Trump has said tells in comparison to just the thought of reparations. Secondly, he says he's Irish American and, you know, oh, there's a history of oppression. Um, Once again, Irish people, like, yeah, they were, you know, there was some discrimination against them, but there wasn't the systematic um, oppression of Irish people as there were black people you weren't you weren't looked at as property you weren't maimed and raped. it wasn't okay to hang an irish person and get away with it you know there there there, there have been systems built specifically to keep you down it wasn't illegal to to educate you it wasn't illegal for you to to sit at a counter to to go inside a hotel to just do basic human things so let me go ahead and stop now before I get cut off again. Thank you. I love the show. Uh, check out my podcast, Bold Expressions for Carl, on, on Anchor podcast, Anchor.fm and uh, anywhere you find your podcast. Thanks.
2: Very, uh, I forgot that was in there at the end. Yeah. In fact, I looked it up because he, he said it so quickly. Mm-hmm. You're going to plug your show, Carl. Slow down. Yeah. Bold Expressions with Carl.
3: Bold expressions with Carl. Yeah,
2: if you're gonna plug it, you gotta do it effectively.
3: Is it Carl with a C or Carl with a K? Carl
2: with the C, the normal way.
3: All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect.
2: Uh, there, I I agree. I don't know that I disagree with anything that bold expressions with Carl said.
3: Yeah, well, and I I think that this is a new argument that people have been trying to pass along as legitimate, where if you start calling people racist or you start calling people whatever then it makes them want to like give up on being on the right side yeah, and then they're right. just gonna like go over to the other side because why not they're already being accused of being that uh it doesn't make any sense at yeah. all and like carl said if if that causes you to go to the other side right then there is already something in you
2: that well listen if you're yeah if you're gonna Oh, they're going to try to—they're going to try to, gonna try to uh, enact some kind of a reparations policy in America. I'm going to start voting for Donald Trump. I always thought he was terrible and a danger to the union, but now, oh yeah, I'm switching sides. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here! No way. Yeah, it, it's like those people on my YouTube channel who 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 comment. I'm like, I'm unsubscribing. Like you were never subscribed. Shut your mouth. You didn't find me and you've agreed this entire time and then I do a video about Trump and you, no, you don't agree. Anyway, bold expressions with Carl. Good times.
6: Hello, friends. It is Laura from Buffalo. So I wanted to comment on a couple of different things. Um, First of all, Brittany, I also absolutely cannot fucking stand when people (laughs) wave me on at a four-way stop. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Portlandia or seen that scene where, uh, you know, they make a joke out of it where they're all camping and they grow old and they say, now you go, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go. It's really funny. And that's what it reminds me of. But it's just, it makes me so mad. It's like, I don't need you to be nice to me. I just need you to follow the rules of the road. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, the other thing that I wanted to comment on is how ridiculous it is for... Trump to say that these four Congresswomen hate America as if becoming a Congresswoman, becoming a person that works in the government is just something easy and something fun that they chose to do on a Saturday night. I mean, does he not think that... I mean, you have to really love this country to become a civil servant. You have to really... You have to have a passion for it And for activism And you have to really have a passion For wanting to make change In order to ever do such a thing And then to win I mean And be voted into those positions I just don't understand how you could say something like that Actually say that these people hate the country That it's you, I mean does he know how stupid he sounds I mean obviously he doesn't I don't know why I'm even asking that question I just, I don't know. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. Uh, so anyway, love you guys. You're all the best part. Popeye included. I really hope that his eye ulcer is doing better.
3: Okay, bye. It's
2: doing fucking fantastic.
6: It really
3: is. He is
2: seeing his little ass off.
3: Yeah, it has been very, it's just been awesome. Yeah. We're, so, we're so happy about it because we were very worried and his mood was just I mean he was depressed he would just sit around was, all day was, with yeah. both of his eyes closed just sitting there dejected yeah giving up on life and with the whatever the vet did I don't know exactly what he did but he did something to his eye they're still stapled and then we have to put meds in his eye every day and he's still
2: clockwork orange with that with that eye
3: yeah, yeah. still a Frankenstein dog but um, his side has come back yeah he can walk around by himself Without bumping into things, he, he, we don't
2: have to carry him down the stairs yeah, anymore. Yeah, anyway, it's a
3: complete transformation. Awesome. Yeah. So
2: let me push back a little bit there, Laura. Um, go ahead, little lady. Go ahead, little lady. You know, before is we stop, is that what you're
3: going to push back on? No. You're like, I no, love no, telling. I think people I already. Go. I,
2: I think I communicated my thoughts on that. uh Yesterday or last episode. All right. It's that she repeated multiple times because it's someone on our side that, no, if you're going to run for office and be a civil servant, you have to have a passion for it. My guess would be that she doesn't believe that about Donald Trump, so the argument doesn't hold up. I do believe that the squad, quote unquote, I believe they do have a passion for changing things, but to say that any any politician has a passion for changing america and making it better i don't necessarily think that's true evidence chief evidence among my my argument would be donald trump so uh it is a strange thing though and we're going to get into all of this about the the send her back and the, the, the his arguments and doing what he classically does which is one day say something the next day say the exact opposite to please both sides so now the media by the way we'll get into it fuck i'm almost jumping in right now anyway um yeah thank you laura we, we appreciate the, the call and popeye is doing
7: swell hey jesse hey Brittany. hey uh popeye good boy uh <laughs> my last voice memo that i sent was kind of long so i decided Six that minutes. i wanted to just kind of quickly summarize <laughs> so that just in case you guys did want to use it, it you could and it would fit into the show so point one uh bagel guy um uh, i think he's just totally clout chasing uh i just seen uh yesterday that he signed a contract with some celebrity boxing league to, to fight celebrity boxing. Of course. Uh, someone who genuinely feels like an injustice has happened against them would not do something like that. It, Martin it Luther seems King. like he's just bullying. doing it for attention. Uh, the second thing uh, about the tweet uh, that uh, President Obama sent out uh, about the four junior congresswomen. It's racist, okay? Trump, not Obama. Um, and for the people that are genuinely trying to defend that and try and make it not racist, uh, you're, you're, you're hypocrites. You know, if you're sitting here trying to tell these four congresswomen that they should go back to where they came from, if you're so angry with them and upset with what they're saying and they're doing because you want them to go back home, why didn't you guys leave from the years of 2008 to 2016 when all you guys did was bitch, whine, and complain about every fucking thing Barack Obama did? I mean, there was literally a report about Barack Obama getting Grey Poupon on his burger, and Sean Hannity was losing his fucking mind over it. So, you want to talk about complaining and not liking people who are in office and who are government officials? You had eight years to fucking leave. I mean, Canada should be full right now of Obama haters. But no one left. Because they're hypocrites and they don't like what these young minority women who are beginning to reflect the ever-growing diversity of our country is are doing it, it, They're not standing up for the dominant rich white man. They're there. Okay. That, that's it. So, um, if, if that's your argument, if that's your case, whatever. Uh, love the show. Britney's the best part. And Popeye's the best boy. Love the show. Britney's the
2: best part. Bye. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I don't... I mean, Donald, we're going to get into all this. I don't want to, you know, blow our wad, our metaphorical wad, talking about all of it now, because we're going to get into it right after the after the, the break in doll democracy. So we agree, Cal. We agree. Last call.
1: Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Christopher from Minnesota. I'm actually in the state in which Ilhan Omar is a uh, representative, and she actually used to be a representative of my former district. So as of right now, she's not my representative anymore, but uh, I, I feel a, a a close involvement, especially because it is part of the county and as well as the district I used to be part of. So, um... Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people probably commenting and discussions revolving around Trump's remark and stuff like that. But what I wanted to focus on was more along the lines of Congress, the Republican Congress, um, and how kind of ridiculous that their behaviors have become and the effects it's had on society. Now, I work with a lot of Trump supporters. Uh, As a matter of fact, my boss, my, uh, my management, everyone that's in the higher levels, they are all Trump supporters. However, um, I noticed that a lot of their behavior seems to be, like, mimicking and justifying a lot of this uh, clearly racist behavior. But more importantly, they're just straight up, like, just taking pages out of Trump's playbook and not realizing how ridiculous it sounds or how stupid it sounds. Especially that their are old statements from, like, you know, like, he's a businessman and... All these other weak ass excuses I keep hearing for the way to justify his shitty racist behavior, and as soon as like you know someone criticizes the racist uh, the racist you know attitudes and statements, um, they think that that person should be unable to make those kinds of things that they're being. Not necessarily that they're being racist, but more along the lines that they're being um, what's the right word I'm looking for—they're being inappropriate. I guess is the best way I can describe it. And yet they think that the excuse, the, the weak excuses that they can give Trump, excuse his behavior for why he's being inappropriate. They recognize that to some degree that there is a bit of racism behind it, but for them it's not—it's not the bug; it's the feature to why they elected him. So it's—it's it's been. Uh, uh, just a mess in my mind, especially because I have to interact with these individuals day to day. And it's just one of those things where, like, at a certain point, it's, where do you realize that the, you know, the, the problem is in the behavior not that, not just the president's exuding, but everyone else is kind of mimicking it. Congress is exuding it. Uh, is exuding it. It's just all these behaviors that they're just copying from after him. So, I don't know, it's just, I figured I'd sound off on her. What do you guys think? And uh, Brittany is the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part.
2: Bye. Yeah, it is. It's a weird thing. And again, I'll talk about YouTube comments. But what happens typically is I'll do a video. And there there will be troll comments. Mm-hmm. But they don't start parodying Donald Trump talking points or administration talking points or campaign talking points until they hear them, and then all of a sudden they change their argument from whatever it was to whatever the administration says, whatever donald trump says mm-hmm. it's they can't fucking think on their own; they need to be told what to think what- okay what's the line? What are we thinking here? Mm-hmm. It's pretty bizarre, it's sad, yeah, for sure mm-hmm. I don't know how christopher uh how you do it, brother. I don't know how I would, if I had a conventional job and I worked with fucking ding dongs, I wouldn't, I would be a very miserable person.
3: Well, and I, I know that Chris said he obviously lives in Minnesota, and it was nice to see when Ilhan Omar landed yeah. in Minnesota that there was a crowd there to greet her.
2: Heroes welcome.
3: Saying welcome home, Ilhan.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was, I got emotional. For sure. Watching it. Yeah. It, it was interesting because even Donald Trump tweeted about it. Her little staged crowd. Mm. Like, just maligned even that. He can't even give her that people do love her. Right. And support her. He's just such a petty motherfucker. It is so goddamn annoying. Anyway, uh, we're going to get to all of that on the other side of the break. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and
1: good-looking listeners like you by way of patreon your support on patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time if you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters please visit patreon.com slash i doubt it with dollamore
3: we have two new patreon supporters kevin kevin and stacy nice stacy thank you so much to kevin and stacy
2: we appreciate it uh, if you, too, would like to 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 support the show and the, the money a- angle is not your thing, that is awesome. That is fine. Um, please go rate and review the show on iTunes using no profanity because they will not use it. And uh, tell a friend. Tell a friend or a relative or a like-minded individual who you think will like the show. That would be fantastic. Growth is always a positive thing. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And let's, let's move on. Dilemocracy. facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we're going to dedicate the rest of the show here to talking about this entire thing with uh, Ilhan Omar and the squad in general. But really, after Donald Trump's rally... When the send her back chant started, it was really, he was talking specifically about her mm-hmm. at the time.
3: Right. Going through and listing things that she had said, although <laughs> that's a very, that should be loosely um, accepted.
2: Yeah, completely uh, misrepresenting her positions right. and what she has said in the past. Right. And just out and out ry- lies and conspiracy theories is what he's putting forward. Right. So this episode, I want to warn you, like, this is up front, where there's a lot of Trump.
8: Mm -hmm.
2: A lot of Trump talking, a lot of clips of Trump. Mm -hmm. But it's important. I know it's fucking aggravating. I get aggravated when I cut these, because I end up listening to them three times sometimes.
3: Yeah. I've heard one of the mashups that we're going to play, like, four times. Yeah. (laughs) And it's... It's exhausting. It
2: it is exhausting, but it's fucking important to know Mm -hmm. what the arguments are. Absolutely. To know the behaviors here, to be able to to speak on it intelligently and in an informed manner with your neighbors, with people on Facebook, with whoever you come in contact with who might be on the fence about uh, 2020. Yeah. And ultimately, that is the goal. That's what we're talking about.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It, is, it does bother me. I want to talk about this whole America, love, or leave it thing. Because it's not new. One, it, it was a trope that the KKK used to use. and But I want to talk about this song from Ernest Tubb. Are yes. you shocked that a man named Ernest Tubb sang a song called It's America, Love It or Leave It? I'm getting mighty tired the hippies running wild And burning down the school And stepping on the flag mm. Things are getting out of hand When you read about a man That'll burn his draft card hang around the pool room and brag Some folks think it's okay But I wasn't raised that way And I won't be satisfied Till I've had my say It's America You got no right to deceive it it's You'd better it believe it. Good men came so we can
5: live to see it. It's America. Love it or leave it.
2: Things are going mighty wrong when respect for law is gone, and it seems that everybody hates. The so. Uniform. This is one of those deals, again, and I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised by it, but it's interesting to me that Ernest Tubbs, another one of these guys like Tommy Lahren, who, who talks about the military and the uniform and disrespecting the uniform, who never fucking served. Mm-hmm. This guy wasn't in the military. Mm-hmm. He's been a singer, or he was. He died in like 85 at 70 years old. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here with this. It's America, lover, leave it. I'm not going to be satisfied until I have my say. You don't get your say cuz you don't you don't you don't think like me but I'm going to have my say I'm going to write a song about it and it's valid I get to stay and I get to say what I want to say but you don't
3: I tried to find the lyrics for the song, but um, like three of the websites that I tried to click on attempted to give my computer a virus. So (laughs) uh, those are the kinds of websites that have the lyrics. But um, didn't he talk about that's what democracy is? Yeah. Like, if you don't love the country, you can leave it. That's what democracy is. I don't think he understands
2: what democracy is.
3: That's not democracy. It's
2: America, love it or leave it
3: fucking stupid yeah well and i i also think that so this is this is the thing there's so much that goes into this right but <laughs>
2: you're I, already exacerbated
3: so donald trump keeps using the phrase uh, that they hate the country that they hate america yeah they haven't said that right none of they them haven't has said, said anything that. even
2: that could be remotely interpreted as they hate America.
3: And so, so he's just making that up, yep. number one. And then number two, criticism, especially constructive criticism about the ways in which we can improve this country. Right. Is not the same thing as hating the country.
2: Yeah, I suppose Abraham Lincoln hated America because he despised the institution of slavery, the practice of slavery. He must have hated America a lot.
3: It reminds me of, you know, all these, like, free speech champions, like Bill Maher, right? Yeah. The people that have these ideas that the only way to counter hate speech and bad ideas is with more speech and better ideas right they always talk about that but then they're the same people who say that we shouldn't be eating our own right
2: tearing each other down that we
3: shouldn't be criticizing right we should be uplifting and blah 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 it's like what happened to the more speech is the better ideas challenging the joe
2: biden has a bad idea don't criticize the idea don't criticize it don't use good ideas to counter his bad ideas, right? Because that's bad.
3: Because again, criticism yeah. is not the same thing as hate. It's a great or Tearing point. something down, yeah. It's just that there is a better way to do things, and that we should be discussing what is the better way to do things.
2: Yeah. Well, ultimately, I think we know what the problem that Donald Trump has with Ilhan Omar.
0: She's not a Christian!
2: (laughs) Really? I mean, is there a better clip? It's that. Oh, yeah. She's not a white lady. Yeah. She's not Liz Cheney. Yeah. That's that's fucking his problem Mm -hmm. with Ilhan Omar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's not Michelle Bachman. She's not Sarah fucking Palin. Yeah. She's not a moron. Mm -hmm. So Donald Trump is intimidated. Threatened. And he knows his base will be too. So anyway, I want to play the full clip. Actually, no, before we get to that, let's just talk. Last time on the show, we played Eric Swalwell on the floor of the House. Let me remind you about what he did when he he talked about Donald Trump's words, entering them into the record, and subsequently having them stricken from the record because of Representative Collins from Colorado.
7: Thank you, Madam Speaker. We have an opportunity today to condemn or condone Birtherism is racist. Saying a Mexican judge can't be fair because of his heritage is racist. Saying immigrants from Mexico are rapists is racist. Saying there were good people on both sides in Charlottesville is racist. Calling African countries shithole countries is racist. And telling four members of this body to go home is racist. Do, do you think it's not racist? Gentlemen will point of
2: order. So, anyway, I will stop it there because it goes on for a few seconds as they get it sorted out with the parliamentary procedure and how to deal with what he did. But Brian Kilmeade, the smartest man in morning TV, <laughs> uh, had something to say about this moment. And it's, again, I mean, as you would expect, fucking ridiculous.
4: Oftentimes there's a voice of reason on the House floor is just flat out fed up, but he should not be fed up with, uh, with Congressman Collins because Congressman Collins is going by the manual of parliamentary practice that Thomas Jefferson put into play, which is personally, he's not supposed to use language that is personally offensive to the president. I believe calling the president a racist is personally offensive, but that's just my judgment. The manual also said that members cannot accuse the president of having made bigoted or racist statements. So therefore, precedent set, Collins is 100% right.
2: This is ridiculous. If Donald Trump says something that is the definition of racism, it is not prohibited to say that on the floor of the House. If the President of the United States is a racist, that's what is offensive. Not saying he's a racist. I I just, Fox News is off a cliff. And I know a lot of people think they have been for forever. It is, they've ticked up to a new level. It's different. It's not the way it always was. Worse than it was. Yeah. It certainly sure. was bad before, but it is immeasurably different now. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to w- what happened at the rally. This clip is roughly three minutes and change. So it's a lot of Trump. It's only toward the end, though, that the the chanting happens. So if you want to skip ahead, do do your thing, you know, uh, maintain your mental health. But I want to give full context. We like to give full context in the, on the show. So that is why we're playing this thing in its entirety.
8: But it's true. We have the enthusiasm, folks. Look at this. Look at this. And by the way, thousands and thousands of people outside and people that couldn't get in. Thousands. We've got all the enthusiasm. They're fighting each other. They've gone so far left, nobody wants to even think about it. So, Representative Omar blamed the United States for the terrorist attacks on our country, saying that terrorism is a reaction to our involvement in other people's affairs. She smeared U.S. service members involved in Black Hawk Down. In other words, she slandered the brave Americans who were trying to keep peace in Somalia. Omar minimized the September 11th attacks on our homeland, saying, some people did something. I don't think so. Some people did something. Yeah, some people did something, all right. She pleaded for compassion for ISIS recruits attempting to join the terrorist organization. She was looking for compassion. Omar laughed that Americans speak of Al Qaeda in a menacing tone and remarked that, you don't say America with this intensity. You say Al-Qaeda makes you proud. Al-Qaeda makes you proud. You don't speak that way about America. And at a press conference just this week, when asked whether she supported Al-Qaeda, that's our enemy. That's our enemy. They are a very serious problem that we take care of, but they always seem to come along somewhere. She refused to answer. She didn't want to give an answer to that question. Omar blamed the United States for the crisis in Venezuela. I mean, think of that one. And she looks down with contempt on the hardworking Americans, saying that ignorance is pervasive in many parts of this country. And obviously, and importantly, Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. And she talked about the evil Israel, and it's all about the Benjamins. Not a good thing to say. So that's Omar.
2: The energy in that room is thick with hate. Absolutely. That is not, doesn't seem to be a pleasant place to be, even if you're on this team. Yeah. It's angry and angst and just shitty, shitty Mm -hmm. energy.
3: Yeah. A lot of stress.
2: I should have prefaced it so you guys could have listened and tuned in to the things Donald Trump claims that she says. Mm -hmm. For instance, she says that ignorance is pervasive in America. Because we're going to play a clip coming up here. Yeah. Where he says... How stupid are the people of Iowa? How stupid are the people of America during the campaign? Yeah. Lots of the things he just charged. As 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 actions or beliefs of Ilhan Omar are the very fucking things Donald Trump built his campaign during the 2016 election on. Mm-hmm. The next day he was asked about this in the Oval Office. And he fucking did that thing where he walks it back only to the next day do a complete reversal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and Mr. President, if I may, when your supporters last night were chanting,
8: send her back, why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you ask them to stop saying that? Well, number one, I I think I did. I started speaking very quickly. (laughs) It it really was a... I disagree with it, by the way. Uh. But it was quite a chant. And uh, I... Felt a little bit badly about it, but I will say this: uh, I did, and I started speaking very quickly. But it started up rather, rather fast, as you probably know. So, so you'll tell your supporters
9: never to say that. Well, I I would say say that.
8: I I was not happy with it. Uh, I disagree with it. Uh, But again, I didn't say, I didn't say that they did. But I. Disagree. But, but they were echoing what you said in your first tweet that they should go back. Well, I don't think if you examine it, I
2: don't think you'll find that. But I disagree with
3: it. Anybody else? Why It just. I didn't say it. They yeah, said it's, it. Yeah, it's a
2: fucking child's argument. I also, have no
3: responsibility for being the leader of that in the room. Right. right.
2: They're I, there to see me.
3: Right. He didn't start the chant. Right. But as soon as it started, he, he shut was the fuck quiet.
2: up to give them the opportunity, give them the space to chant what they want.
3: And for how long?
2: Uh, over like thirteen point three two seconds. That that's l- listen to Donald Trump starting to speak really quickly. So he says to to shut them up.
8: Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. And she talked about the evil Israel.
2: And he was speaking so fucking fast that it didn't register in my ear canal. That's how quickly he was speaking. Yeah. Tremendously fast. Mm -hmm. Believe me. Yeah. So. This is this is the next. This is what Donald Trump does. First of all, he gives both. He gives both responses. So the racists in his base can be happy and to maybe get a little little uh, leeway from the press. Because that's what he said. Oh, no, I don't agree. I didn't agree with it. I don't agree with it. They said it. I didn't say it. And then the media fucking ran with headlines all fucking day that Donald Trump disavows the chant, send her back. He got all that goodwill from the fucking media when they know he's lying. You don't have to report that he disavows it when you know. You know good goddamn well, the next day, he's gonna do exactly the thing that he did.
6: President Trump, you said you you. were unhappy with the chant. Um,
9: However, the chant was just repeating what you said said in your tweet. Do you take that
6: tweet back?
8: You know what I'm unhappy with? I'm unhappy with the fact that a congresswoman can hate our country. I'm unhappy with the fact that a congresswoman can say anti-Semitic things. I'm unhappy with the fact that a congresswoman in this case a different congresswoman can call our country and our people garbage that's what i'm unhappy so with you're not unhappy those about people the in north carolina that stadium was packed it was a record crowd and i could have filled it 10 times as you know Thanks. those are incredible people those are incredible patriots but i'm unhappy when a congresswoman goes and said i'm going to be the president's nightmare She's going to be the president's nightmare. She's lucky to be where she is. Let me tell you. And the things that she has said are a disgrace to our country. Thank you very much. Thank
2: everybody. Guys, everybody. Very much. Let me tell you something. Anybody who participated in the chant, send her back is fucking garbage.
3: But also... Alexandria Casio-Cortez is who he's referring to there. Yeah. And uh she did not call Americans garbage. Oh,
2: oh no, I wasn't testing the veracity of the statement. I'm just saying I I I agree with that. So if you said it, you are fucking garbage.
3: So she she didn't call Americans garbage. She said in March that the country has gone so far in the wrong direction that people shouldn't be satisfied with uh moderate policies that are merely quote, ten percent better from garbage.
2: Yeah well let's let's talk let's talk about two things one is this this habit of donald trump's to project we've talked about it many times on the show i've done videos about it uh, first the this charge that keeps coming up we talked about it last time about how israel is the first country that they don't have loyalty to that gets talked about because that evangelical base they're waiting for the rebuilding of the temple, they have a whole they have a whole agenda here with supporting Israel because they believe Jesus is going to come back, and that's what they're waiting for. That's why they support Israel, not because they they really care about the the equality or the oppression of the Jews over time. but mm-hmm. it's not about that at all. Remember, Jews will not replace us. Remember, those are the people who support Donald Trump. They're not fans of the Jews. They don't actually give a fuck about Israel. But a few months ago, we played this clip of Jake Tapper doing a little bit on his show where he's, he's he's. this is when they first were saying that, remember all about the Benjamins and all that shit, and they yeah. were attacking her for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Tapper did the bit where he was playing clips of Donald Trump being an anti-Semite, trying to get the clip Anyway, we'll play it. You'll hear it. I just want to get back on the record and in everybody's memories that Donald Trump does anti-Semitic shit, stereotypical racist bullshit with the Jews all the fucking time.
4: Again, he built his 2016 campaign doing it. Because there is nothing that this White House finds more offensive than a politician feeding into stereotypes about Jews and Jewish money and controlling politicians, which is what Congresswoman Omar is accused of having done. Is there anybody that doesn't
8: renegotiate deals in this room? This room negotiates. I want to renegotiate this room. Perhaps more than any room I've ever spoken to. Maybe more. It's OK. No, I've, I've been called on that a couple of times, too you're not going to support me even though you know I'm the best thing that could ever happen to Israel and i i i'll be that and the real, i know why you're not going to support me and you know you're not going to support me because i don't want your money you don't want to give me money okay but that's okay you want to control your own politician that's fine
4: i'm sorry that was the wrong clip that was then candidate trump in front of the republican jewish coalition suggesting that haggling jews like to control their politicians with their money. Uh, we wanted the clip of Congresswoman Omar. Control room, I, I want the, the Omar clip. Give us the Omar clip. There. It, it, wait, no, that's not it either. That's a deleted Donald Trump retweet from 2016 as conservative Eric Erickson tweeted at the time, quote, a star of David, a pile of cash and suggestions of corruption. Donald Trump again plays to the white supremacists, unquote. Uh, control room, I, I'm not looking for stuff about Trump. I'm looking for the Congresswoman Omar clip. Do you have it? Okay, I'm being told we have it. Thank you. Run it, please.
8: Excuse me. To protest Excuse me. They didn't put themselves down as the And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides.
4: No, control. That was President Trump saying that very fine people were marching alongside neo-Nazis and skinheads and white supremacists, people who had... Chanted, Jews will not. Yes, those people, the the anti-Semites in Charlottesville. My sincerest apologies. Can we please forget about President Trump for a second? Can we show the Omar tweet? Please, the Omar tweet. Can you show it, please? That's not this isn't it either. This is unbelievable. This is a tweet by House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy right before the midterm saying, quote, we cannot allow Soros, Steyer, and Bloomberg to buy, in all caps, this election. Of course, that's an allegation by the House Republican leader that three wealthy liberals, all of whom happen to be of Jewish descent, were trying to buy the election. Guys, I'm not talking about that either. Okay, I'm sorry. We're going to take a quick break. We seem to have some issues here sorting out which anti-Semitic tropes are offensive and which ones are not. We'll be right back as we sort this out. So,
2: again, I want everybody's memory to be refreshed on this. This is projection. Listen, I've I've criticized Ilhan Omar in the past, and I'm sure I'll do it more when I think she stepped out of line. We don't have any problems with with, with bucking the liberal trend, bucking the, the talking points. We, we call it, we call balls and strikes here. Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. He is a racist. There's no other way to talk about this. And in concert with the clip you just heard, I want to talk about Donald Trump claiming that they need to leave or, as his supporters say, be sent back because of the fact that they hate America. They criticize America. Again, remember, Donald Trump built his campaign around the slogan, Make America Great Again implying that it's not great anymore, which is in, its, in and of itself a criticism, among other things that he said throughout the campaign.
8: If you're not happy in the U.S., if you're complaining all the time, very simply, you can leave. You can leave right now. This country is the laughingstock of the world. We're not a brilliant country anymore. We're a foolish country. We're a dumb country. Douglas MacArthur, George Patton, spinning in their graves when they see the stupidity of our country. We're like the stupid country, so many different ways. How stupid are the people of Iowa? How stupid are the people of the country? The weak and very stupid country. Very, very stupid laws that we have. I love the Chinese people, but they laugh themselves. They can't believe how stupid the American leadership is. Mexico laughs at us. They can't believe how stupid we are. We're laughed at all over the world. We're the stock of the world. We're not a respected country anymore. We don't win. Our country doesn't win. We're not great now. Look. The country is going to hell in a handbasket. We have a country that's going to hell. In the meantime, our country is going to hell. 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 Our military is going to hell. Our infrastructure is going to hell. Our country is going to hell. And then you wonder why we're going to hell. That's why we're going to hell. It's one of the many reasons our country is going to hell. Ding, 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 ding. You know, our country is going to hell. Our country is going to hell. And Frank doesn't like the hell, but we're going to hell. Nothing works in our country. Nothing works. Our country doesn't work. Our infrastructure is terrible. Our roads, our bridges, our tunnels, our schools, our hospitals, uh, they uh, we're like a third, we're becoming like a third world country. We're becoming a third world country. Our country is becoming a third world country. We've become like a third world country. We are like, in many cases, a third world country. It's an embarrassment. This is like a third world country, folks honestly it's like we're a third world country I mean our country's like a third world country it's like we're in a third world country we are like a third world country we're 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 like a third world country it's third world we're like in a third world country right now we are literally like a third world country we've become a third world country we have become Become a third world country, folks. We're now a third world country. Our airports are worse than third world. We're dying. This country is dying. Sadly, the American dream is dead. If you're not happy, you can leave.
3: And this is what is so strange about all of this, because we remember this. Everyone remembers this. Yeah. The Trump supporters who attend his rallies hear all of this. Right. Um, but none of it matters, unfortunately. By the way,
2: not one of those clips was a repeat uh, on, of another one. Like, yeah. th- you didn't hear the same one twice. That's because his entire campaign was built on this.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um so it's a, a tragic state of affairs that we have here where you, you know, if you were to post a link to this video and give it to a Trump supporter and say, you know, here is Donald Trump criticizing America. Yeah. They would say, well, that's, you know, when Obama was president, he was making valid criticisms. And then you would say, well, no, a lot of this was actually um, recent. Some of it was during the campaign. Sure. But a lot of it was also more recent.
2: Yeah, He's standing behind the the podium with the seal of the president of the United States.
3: So what what do you have to say to that? You know, fake news. Everything he does is perfect. It doesn't matter. You know,
2: he's white. He gets a pass. That's ultimately what the fuck it is.
3: Yeah, it's it's upsetting. But did you hear this also that um, CNN reviewed some complaints that were filed with the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission? And they found a few cases where the language that Trump used was actually considered evidence of discrimination in the workplace. Oh, yeah. In certain cases, right, telling someone to go back where they came from. We'll get fired for that. In 2007, the commission sued a company on behalf of a Muslim car salesperson of Indian descent who was repeatedly called Taliban and told that he should go back to where he came from or he should, quote, just go back where he came from.
2: They brought a lawsuit.
3: Yes. Wow. Wow. And um, the the lawsuit also alleged that the manager told the defendant, quote, this is America, not the Islamic country where you come from. And the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sided with the EEOC's claim that the salesperson was subjected to a hostile work environment based (laughs) on his national origin and religion.
2: It also shows what a dummy the fucking manager is, because India is not an
3: Islamic country fucking moron um so but this is this is interesting right that the language that the president of the united states is using against congresswomen has actually been evidence of a hostile work environment yeah in certain court
2: cases oh hang on i'm getting uh we have a statement from his manager right here
3: no trump baby Yeah. um, Never
2: gets old. Always makes me laugh.
3: Yeah. Well, and the, the case that I just talked about is cited on the EEOC's website in a section where it specifically lists the comment, quote, go back to where you came from as an example of, quote, potentially unlawful conduct.
2: Clearly potentially unlawful when they ruled in favor of the EEOC.
3: Yeah. Now, of course, Donald Trump is not the congresswoman's employer. Okay. But, but it, it, it just illustrates yes. the problem with this phrase. For sure. And that Donald Trump doesn't care. And you have people like Kellyanne Conway, yeah. <laughs> who the next day went out and tried to clean things up by asking the reporter who was asking her a question what his ethnicity was.
2: Unfucking believable. Right.
3: And I know we talked about that on the, the previous show, but it just, I don't know. And I I don't really understand what's happening. And I know that when Donald Trump was first elected, we really struggled over here with what was going to happen and um, maintaining hope and optimism that things wouldn't get worse. We
2: had legitimate fears that have come to pass.
3: Yeah. And it's just been a continuous downward spiral where I'm freaked out because we have the second debate coming up for the Democratic debate. Yeah. Right. And... We're moving closer into 2020 election territory. And I don't know that I have seen a tide turning, right? Republicans are still silent about this. Yeah. I remember I was watching The View, (laughs) a clip of The View, where Meghan McCain was like, no, conservatives are really upset about this behind closed doors. And Joy Behar was like, well, where are they? Where are they? And then Megan McCain revised her statement to talk about her friend, Sarah, who's a private citizen who shouldn't have to yeah. go out on her platform. It's like, don't talk about the conservatives that you know when you're just talking about your one friend that you have that's <laughs> right. a little upset.
2: Sarah doesn't represent all of the elected officials in the Republican Party who are fucking silent, complicit cowards Yeah, in the face of this clear racism defined by law. Racism and harassment. Yeah. It, it, it is odd. Listen, I want to play this clip. You set me up perfect for it. Thank you, Brittany. Chris Cuomo fucking dismantles Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany used to be a CNN contributor. Now she's a spokesperson either for the campaign or for the Republican Party in general. But Chris Cuomo, there was no need to have the other guest on. They they do this thing called the great debate where they have two talking heads who kind of, you know, go at it. He moderates. And there was no need for the other talking head because Chris Cuomo did the work for her.
9: What is clear is that the president has shown his hand. What is unclear is whether or not it will be a winning hand. Now, the rally in North Carolina certainly thought so. They said, send her back in a big unified chant as this president sat satisfied. The question is... Is this what Republicans should be running on in 2020? And we'll have a Republican and a Democrat. And do the Democrats have a good counter? That's the start of tonight's great debate. Jennifer Granholm, Kaylee McEnany. Good to have you both. Kaylee, I know we have a little bit of a satellite uh, delay where you are. So thank you for playing along. I don't know if you heard, but last night we had the silence heard round the world. I want to play what Chris Kobach, who was the head of the president's uh, election fraud commission, almost the immigration czar, wants to be the U.S. senator uh, from Kansas. Here's what he said last night on this show. What would you do if the president said, I am a racist? That's why I said it. What would you do? Uh, then, I
4: w- then I would not defend him because there's no really?
9: excuse for racism in America. Would, would you still support him really? as president?
4: Um, you have to know. think that about
9: it? Really you have to think about whether it, or not you would support it. a racist? Really? I've decided to call this the Kobach test instead of the litmus test. Uh, Kaylee. if the president said... The reason I'm saying these things is because I'm a racist. I know he hasn't said that. I know he doesn't believe that. Hypothetically, if he said that, would it change your support for him?
10: Look, Chris, this is absurd for you to even ask that question. I understand the Democrats and the left have been trying to paint the president as a racist since June of 2015 when he first came down the escalator. Why isn't your answer? No, it's a ridiculous assertion. Why isn't because your answer? No, I don't support racism it, because I won't I, I won't I won't allow you atta- to attach a label to the president, even hypothetically, that is patently false and untrue. This How is, a is man it patently false when what Jackson he just said for was he did patently for racist?
9: What work he did for minority communities? The Chris, first step program that his son-in-law nothing, jammed down his throat. That's what you're talking about. Come on. The guy did the Central Park five. He did birtherism and he just told four brown lawmakers to go back where you come from. And you're going to say it's an unfair label, Kaylee. The facts are not your friend.
10: Of course I'm going to say that. Oh, the facts are absolutely, my friend. We can go long back to when he opened Mar-a-Lago to black Americans. It was the first club in Palm Beach that was allowed to have black black Americans. Americans. The
9: only thing he's been opening his doors to there is illegal workers. That's what he's been opening his doors to.
10: (laughs) Jewish, Jewish Americans, Jewish Americans were allowed into Mar-a-Lago because of President Trump. President Trump has consistently been praised by Jesse Jackson uh, for being a friend to the black community. Listen. So it's ridiculous yes he has and it only changed by the way yeah. when you at cnn and others started calling him a racist that is false it is so untrue. not when he president said that president Trump's obama wasn't born in this country that. that had
9: nothing to do with it not when he said good people no, on both sides that had nothing to do with not. it not when he told brown lawmakers to go back where they come from that had nothing to do with it right again all right listen those are the taking facts him out let's bring it out of
10: context
9: i just like a good
2: dismantling Brittany.
3: Yeah, I mean, I it, it gets exhausting to listen to. I've For actually sure. so I've noticed that during the course of this episode I have become extremely fatigued. Yeah. And um irritable just listening to I all could, of this. I could see it. Um yeah, I'm I'm at the point where I just uh I don't I don't uh I don't know what the point is of all, of all this, you know? Yeah. Um when everyone is being silent and um I it's it's shocking to me. I don't understand, you know, what the motivation is behind some of these people to come on and uh continue to defend him. And like Chris Cuomo just said uh, about Chris Kobach, what, what's his name? Kobach. Yeah, Kobach. Um when he said he would have to think about or yeah. he would have to know who the racist president was running against before he made a decision yeah. about whether he would support him. And he kind of tried to laugh that off, right? Like, haha! I'm kind of playing with this, seeing how it will be received, kind of putting a laugh on there before I see how it will be received, right? Um, But I think that's a, a genuine feeling that a lot of people have, right? I'd actually have to know who the person would be running against before I decide.
2: It makes you wonder, what do you think, and I have an answer for the question, but what do you think would be too far what could Donald Trump do? What would, what would cause Republicans to turn their backs on him? And I really don't know that there's anything. I believe if we had recordings of Donald Trump conspiring with Vladimir Putin to interfere in the election, like a one-on-one private conversation, verifiable, they knew it was him. I don't believe they'd turn their backs on him. I believe that if he committed outright treason, they would stick with their man.
3: It's just remarkable to watch in real time how power corrupts. And, you know, NBC unearthed this footage of Donald Trump hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein at a 1992 party where Donald Trump is very handsy with all of the women. And he's like whispering sweet nothings in Jeffrey Epstein's ear, causing him to laugh. Right. So I'm sure they're talking about
2: Objectifying the women I'm sure that yeah. they're talking
3: about really great things And like they're debating moral philosophy one on one Right yeah Um. But th- people started defending this His supporters started defending this Talking about Bill Clinton And Bill Clinton flying on the airplane Yeah it's not
2: a defense Bill and Clinton's a piece of shit
3: That this was a long time ago yeah. And you know what I don't understand why this is so hard for people Bill Clinton Turd Terrible person Hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, not cool. They recently did an article in the New York Times talking about how after Jeffrey Epstein had his first run-in with the police, everyone knew who he was, what he was accused of, what he pled guilty to, and Katie Couric went and hung out with him, George Stephanopoulos, okay? And I'm kind of standing here like, I don't have a problem criticizing these people, right? Yeah, that's right. You, You know who this guy is? You know what he did, you know what he's accused of, and you're hanging out with him. Why? Because he is a billionaire, he has money, he has power, and it pays to be close with people like that? It's sick. I, I don't, I don't want to defend any of these people. So I don't understand the impulse to say, he's my guy, I need to defend him at all costs. And I hope I'm never fucking like that about anybody. And if I am, I hope that there's people out there who will check me yeah. and say, listen, Something happened to your brain, okay? Yeah, and nothing is getting through to you, and we're worried about you.
2: Listen, and that's the fact. Listen, if you're out there and you're and you're and we're making you uncomfortable because your impulse is to defend Bill Clinton, you need to think about that. And if you're right now defending Bill Clinton in your mind, you're fucking wrong. Bill Clinton has been credibly accused of rape. The story from Juanita Broderick that she has recounted many times that has never changed, that ruined her life is credible. And we're not going to make the show about Bill Clinton, but we need to talk about Calling it like it is and not being partisan, especially related to that issue.
3: Well, and moving on to the the upcoming Democratic debate, I think it's important that we do this with our with our own candidates as well. Right. That we don't put blinders on as to what their flaws are. Right. That these things are openly discussed, that we can engage in constructive criticism and that it's not perceived as a personal attack or tearing somebody down. Yeah. Right. These are the people that we are going to reward with power. And complete control and the ability to shape this nation.
2: And we see what can be done with someone with ill intent. We've seen what Donald Trump has done with the power of the United States presidency. We don't want to give it to someone who's going to fuck it up more.
3: So it's serious. It's serious. And this this is the time to talk about it. So as we prepare for the second Democratic debate, we want to keep that in mind. Real quickly,
2: let's go over that and then we'll, we'll wrap the show.
3: Yeah, so the first night is going to be July 30th. Okay.
2: Tuesday, July thirty.
3: And this is the lineup: Marianne Williamson, Tim Ryan, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, John Hickenlooper, John Delaney, and Steve Bullock.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Montana governor.
3: Okay. Night two, July thirty first. Michael Bennett, Kirsten Gillibrand, Julian Castro, Cory Booker, Joseph R. Biden Jr. <laughs> Kamala Harris, Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Inslee, and Bill De Blasio. Okay? So it's similar in that uh Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are on the same night again. They were on the same night last time, right? No. No?
2: No, he was on with Joe Biden last time.
3: Oh, that's right. That's so, right.
2: So but it's Kam- uh, Kamala Harris is going to be back with Joe Biden. Right. But what's different is Bernie and listen, that's the lineup we're going to talk about it on um, the the first show of the week next week, we'll, we'll do that. I wanna I wanna really get into it. Okay, uh, you know I, I'm I know you're stressed. This show bummed you out, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap with this.
3: It's the asshole of today. I love how you're like. I know the show has bummed you out. We're going to wrap with this super, like, uplifting story. No, we're doing an asshole today. (laughs) Well,
2: listen. I I also, I also, I know if you're bummed and you're stressed and it's fucking, if, if you're frazzled by listening to Trump for the whole fucking episode, you're not the only one. I'm sure a lot of people are like, all right, enough already. Let's fucking end the show. They're tired.
3: Well, actually, so On the Media just did an episode this week and it was called Uncomfortably Numb. And it was this idea that, like, it's been getting more difficult to stay in the know and read the news and maintain engagement without becoming depressed Mm -hmm. and feeling numb. And I was so relieved to listen to that on the media because I felt like I wasn't the only one that is experiencing this right now. You know, it's been like a slow build and I feel like we... We're in it all the time because we have an "I doubt it" thread that we use to plan the show. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much, we're we're reading through the news throughout the day every day, and we're sending things to the thread, and we're planning what we're going to talk about, and we're planning, you know, what's going on, and so we're always paying attention to it. We're always in it, and I almost wish that that was everyone's life. Because I feel like there would be more political engagement and more meaningful discussions surrounding these very important issues. However, everyone runs the risk of burnout in that case, because yeah. it just becomes too much at a certain point, you know?
2: Every every few months, I feel like I need to fucking unplug and wish I didn't have to continue.
3: Yeah. But uh, so you know. that's why I like, you know, and we've talked about this, doing shows that have elements of things that i'm also passionate about so that i don't just feel like i'm hearing about things that i have no control over <laughs> yeah. related no, to donald sure. trump I, you know what i, I mean it.
2: maybe we should do that maybe we should throw in uh you know uh, a, a a potpourri show once in a while more more often
3: yeah yeah like sure. i
2: thought doing the show about bagel guy it was it was, it was nice not Talking about fucking Donald Trump.
3: Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, we so, talked about another
2: asshole, but you know, what are you going to
3: do? Yeah, so l- <laughs> let's get to asshole of today. Um, the asshole of today is the Wyoming Valley West School District in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And this school district sent a warning um, that children could end up in foster care if their parents do not pay their overdue school lunch bills.
2: Yeah. You owe money for your kids' lunches. So we are going to you could possibly have your children taken away and put into foster care for unpaid bills. Get the fuck out of here.
3: Yeah, the the letters from the school district were sent to about 1,000 parents in the school district. And the result has obviously been complaints from parents and also a rebuke from the child welfare authorities. Okay, so the district is trying to collect more than twenty thousand dollars. And they're they're claiming in this letter that unpaid lunch bills could lead to dependency hearings and removal of their children for not providing them with food.
10: Disgusting.
3: Quote, quote, you can be sent to dependency court for neglecting your child's right to food. The result may be your child being taken from your home and placed in foster care. Okay, so sending these letters threatening this because their parents can't pay for school lunch. Or are just a little behind. Yeah it it just strikes me as um odd how much this country hates poor people like I can't I can't wrap my head around it you know and it just
2: poor children who don't have any fucking they don't have any say in the matter
3: right wouldn't and I don't know what the approach would be here right wouldn't the better approach be to Send a letter home to the parent saying, hey, you have a past due balance. Enclosed is an application for uh, reduced or free lunch. Please fill this out and have your child return it to the school when you drop them off. And let's see if we can get you qualified for a reduced school lunch price or maybe even free school lunch, because it seems like you're struggling. Right. Why don't they try to work with the parents to see if they can qualify for the program? Um, Why don't they
2: do their work to support children?
3: That could be a first step, right? If they're worried about this, and then beyond that, uh, (laughs) rather than threatening and saying your kid can be taken away because you're not providing them with food, why don't you just give them a sandwich? Yeah, and give them some food. That might be a nice thing to do, right?
2: Well, and also I think you mentioned that the the welfare people, the the child welfare people, were saying they 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 did they rebuffed this. They said. We're not gonna fucking do this. No yeah. one's gonna lose their kids because of of money they owe.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's not how we. This isn't a,
2: a like a debtor prison kind of a situation, like back in the in the 1500s in England. Mm-hmm. We don't do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You feed the fucking kids.
3: Yeah, and I mean, maybe we need to think about if because there's been so much discussion over the inability to pay for school lunch and the delinquent accounts and all this, and maybe this system needs to be reviewed. Right. Maybe it, the threshold needs to be lowered for who qualifies for reduced or free lunch.
2: I believe lunch should be free. If you if you'd have no choice as to whether your chil- children are there and you don't, you have to educate your kids. Mm-hmm. The government requires them to be there. Then the government should pay for the fucking lunch. Just come on. Come the fuck on.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many other solutions that are available other than shaming kids who have no control over their situation, shaming parents who are likely already doing everything that they can to maintain their household. Life is hard, man. And threatening people. Yeah. When oftentimes, listen, things happen and it's out of our control. We didn't choose it. Right. And then to receive a letter like this with a threat. It just it's 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 terrible. So I hope that and this is something that um, I appreciate about the Poor People's Campaign, which is a new um, not a new. I think it started like last year. um, uh, Focus on the issue of poverty in this country. And there's been a movement to try to draw more attention to the issue of poverty specifically for the presidential candidates that will be elected right this next round so uh i hope that this issue continues to be talked about a bit more because we need more compassion for people that are in the lower socioeconomic status
2: yeah if we if we, if we make a, a marked effort to take care of people who are quote unquote the least of us i don't mean that it's a pejorative but people who are you know in dire situations it's a, what's a, we're a better nation for having done that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this bummer episode is going to end right now in the books. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, we we really pride ourselves on being a little different in the podcast space of giving you an ability to amplify your voice with your opinion on the air. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone I doubt it at com, We love you guys. We'll see you next time for Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Dollamore and this has been I doubt. It.
0: She's not a Christian! Ah!